Hey guys, welcome to Trinity Church Online. For more information, please visit us at ourtrinity.org or you can find us on Facebook at Trinity Church of Wheat Ridge or even on Instagram at Trinity Church CO. No matter where you are today, we are glad that you have joined us here. Good morning. Once again, we want to welcome you to our service today. We just want you to be aware of the fact that we'll probably be able to record this for another couple of weeks. We're not sure where the direction is. We hope by the middle of May, uh, some say maybe the end of May, but we're going to just take it a week at a time. So again, just be watching your notices each week and we'll let you know what's happening uh, each week. Uh, we want to remind you that next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month and that's when we normally have our communion service. So we want each one of you to have something that you could use for the, for the cup and for the bread next week and That'll be part of our service, and we want you to be able to join us there at your home. Now, last week, we looked at the portrait of love. It was actually a portrait of Jesus Christ. And we looked at 15 brushstrokes that was able to identify 15 characteristics of Christ's love for us. And today, we're going to focus in on just one of those characteristics. And we're going to continue in our series on directions and corrections we're going to continue to look at our study of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in the 13th chapter. We'll be finishing up that chapter today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We'll be looking at study number 31, the permanence of love. And the theme for our message today is that love never fails. I want you to think about that for just a moment. Love never fails. Why does it never fail? Because God is love. And God will never fail. And He extends to each one of us that unfailing love. See, the secret to loving is learning how to live loved. That's the first step in our relationship with God. It is certainly in our first step in any relationship that we seek. We must live loved. Others may abandon you. They may divorce you. They may ignore you. But God will love you. Because God is always love, and His love will never fail. So love will never end. Love lasts. Love is permanent. Today, I think we have our eyes on the wrong things. We're concerned with the temporary things rather than the permanent things. Today, we're concerned about the coronavirus, which will not last. It is temporary. We are infected by things like materialism, pride, selfishness, compromise, indulgence, hatred, and even sexual morality. The list can go on and on, but we should be infected by love. But instead, we're infected by these things that will not last. We need to be infected with that which is permanent. And of all the failings of the Corinthian church, their greatest failure was in love. They were loveless. So God's greatest gift his greatest enduring quality is that of permanent love. His gift of love, it was not only permanent, but it was something that was going to not only be in this life, but was going to extend into the next life. And he's going to compare that with the gifts, which are temporary. Those gifts are not only temporary, they're partial, and they're even childish. So Paul's going to compare the gifts, three gifts specifically today, with love, and he concludes that love was superior. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 
We'll look at beginning at verse 8. The 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Right off the bat we see love never fails. Underline that statement. Note that statement. That's the theme of the whole message. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect, that which is complete, has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abides faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's bow together. Father, we need something in our lives that does not fail. That we can always lean on and count on and know it will always be there. When so much around us is this shifting sand that just washes our feet out from underneath us. And many times we're felt abandoned and alone. Help us to know today that because God is love, His love towards us will never fail. So Lord, this is Your Word. It's Your truth. It needs to be applied to our heart today, especially in something that will last. And so we would ask that Your Holy Spirit will take Your Word and it will begin to work it into our lives. That you'll open up this passage of Scripture and we will see things in it that we've never seen before. And that we will move away from all of this emphasis on gifts. And move to that greatest gift. Which is your unfailing love. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So the first thing we want to look at here this morning is that love endures, but gifts are temporary. Gifts are temporary. Look at verse 8. Love never fails. Now, if there are prophecies, they're going to fail. If there are tongues, they're going to cease. Whether there is knowledge and wherever it is, it's going to vanish away. Now, the word fails here is the word falling. It refers to a flower or a leaf that falls to the ground and then withers and decays. The word never always applies to time. So the idea here is that at no time is divine love ever going to fail. Is it ever going to fall? Is it ever going to wither? Is it ever going to decay? It is permanent. It will never be abolished. Now in heaven, stop and think about this. There'll be no more need for gifts. There'll be no more gifts in heaven. None of the gifts will have a purpose in heaven. None of the gifts will have any place in heaven. They're only for this life, the life of the church, this church age right now. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says, God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. So that means if you 
want to abide in love, you're going to have to abide in God. And if you want to abide in God, then you're going to have to abide in love because God is love. And that's the only way you're going to be able to abide in God is to abide in His love. So Paul begins to compare now the permanence of love with three spiritual gifts. And I want you to notice here in verse 8, those gifts are prophecy, knowledge, and tongues. I want you to notice that these are all speaking gifts. In other words, the day is going to come when we do not need any more speaking gifts. Why is that? Because we're going to be in the presence of the one who will only be speaking to us, and that is Jesus Christ, who is the Word, who is the Logos. He is the living Word, and we will be in the very presence of the living Word. So it says the prophecy will be done away. It says here that that knowledge will be done away. It says that tongues will cease. Now the word done away means to reduce to inactivity. It means to absolutely abolish it. Someone or something is going to cause these things to stop. So we know that love will never be reduced to inactivity. We know that love will never be abolished, though knowledge and prophecy will. The word cease here means to stop or to come to an end. Tongues will stop. It will come to an end. But love will never stop. Love will never come to an end. So love endures. But gifts are temporary. They will be reduced to inactivity. They will be abolished. They will come to an end. The second thing we want to look at here is that love endures, but gifts are partial. They are partial. Look at verse 9. It says, For we know in part, there's our word, so we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect, that which is complete has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So Paul is emphasizing here the partiality of knowledge the, prophecy, the partiality of prophecy. Now notice the little word, we know. How do we know? Only in part. We prophesy how? Again, only in part. We don't know fully. We cannot prophesy fully. It says that these things will be done away. When? When the perfect has come. When the complete has come. Now hold on to that because we're going to come back and explain what that perfect is. But even the apostles... Those who were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ, those who had been with Him, walked with Him, even Paul only knew and prophesied in part. And the same is true of all Christians. Go look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 2 says, And if anyone thinks that they know anything, they know nothing yet as he ought to know. So there's going to come a time when we're going to know more than what we know now. Philippians chapter 3 says, Paul says, I've not attained, I've not arrived, I'm not complete, but I press on towards the mark of the prize of the calling in Christ Jesus. There was a finish line where he knew that he was going to come to the place where he could attain, where he could be complete when the perfect has come. We'll talk to you about that in a minute. But Romans chapter 11 says, God's ways are immeasurable. We can't measure them. They are past finding out. We can't even find out the ways of God in this life. No one is God's counselor. No one sat down and told God anything or counseled Him how He should run our lives. 
So even with God's Word, and I'm glad we have God's Word, and even with the Holy Spirit, and I'm glad we have the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit causes us to understand this Word and to have knowledge, but it's still imperfect. It's not complete. We can study this all throughout the church age for the rest of our lives, yet our knowledge will be incomplete. God has provided all the knowledge right now in this life that we need to know God and to serve God. And yet God's written word does not even begin to exhaust the truth about who He really is. It's sufficient, but it's not complete. So when the perfect comes, there'll be no more need for knowledge. There'll be no more need for wisdom. No more need for teaching, for preaching, for prophecy, or interpretation. None of the gifts. We won't even need a Bible. You think of that which is so important for us to preach out of, we won't even need our Bibles one day. One day, we will be in the very presence of the living God. So what is the perfect? What is that perfect thing that is to come? The word perfect here in the Greek is the word complete. It says, when the complete is come. Well, let me tell you what the complete is not. The, the perfect is not what the complete is not. First of all, it is not the completion of scriptures. So many people will say, well, once the canon was complete, once we had our Bibles, the gifts all ceased. We don't need the gifts anymore because now we have the Word of God. It is not that. Second, it is not the rapture. It's not this parousia or, or the harparzo when we're caught up together to meet the Lord. Jesus, it's not Jesus coming to take us away. It is also not the second coming. The parousia, when Jesus comes and He sets His feet upon the Mount of Olives and we're forever with Him and establishes His kingdom here upon the earth, it is not either one of those things. Now why is that? Because I want you to stop and think this through a minute. Gifts functioned after the completion of the Scripture. Once we had our canon, the church age and the church went on for over thousands of years. Of years, the church could not have had any preaching, could not have had any teaching, could have not had any gifts if it was dependent upon the completion of the scriptures. The entire church age would have been without any gifts. In Joel chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 2, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's the gift. And your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. How can that be if the Scriptures have ceased all the gifts? We also know that God's going to raise up two prophets at the time of tribulation, and those two prophets are going to prophesy. We know that 144,000 Jews during the time of tribulation are going to teach and preach and evangelize and prophesy. Paul says one day, in verse 12 here, that we're going to see God face to face. So if knowledge and prophecy have been done away with, with the Scriptures, or if they've been done away with the rapture, then they could not have ever been used. There'd be no gifts during the entire church age, or even during the tribulation, on into the kingdom. Here's the key right here. 
The word perfect here. The word perfect is in the neuter. What does that mean? It means it cannot refer to a person. So that which is perfect is neuter. That which is complete is neuter. It cannot refer to Jesus Christ either at His rapture or His second coming. See, if we understand that this perfect is in the neuter, then you could have gifts continuing in the church age. You can have gifts continuing during the tribulation. So it cannot refer to a person. So let me tell you what I think it is. What is the complete? When the complete is, is come, when the perfect has come, I believe it's the eternal state of believers. When we are forever changed and we are forever glorified and we see God face to face, then the perfect would have come. Paul is saying that spiritual gifts are only for a time, for this church age, for continuing in the tribulation. But love will last for all eternity. Now, this eternal state certainly allows for this word to be in the neuter, not referring to a person. And it also allows for the continuation of all the gifts through the church age and on into the tribulation. Revelation 21 says, God Himself will be with us, and He will be our God, and we will be His people. That's when the complete is done. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says, For we now see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know just as I am also known. So the third thing we want to look at here is that love endures, but gifts are childish. When was the last time you heard a sermon on the fact that gifts are actually childish? Well, let's go look at verses 11 and 12. It says, when I was a child, I spoke. Remember, these are all three speaking gifts. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. So Paul tells us what happens here when the perfect has come. When we are gathered together in God's eternal state and we're forever changed. In this life, we're all children. Certainly compared to what we will be one day perfect and complete in heaven. Perhaps Paul is referring here to bar mitzvah where a Jewish male was considered a boy until his bar mitzvah, after which he was considered a man. One moment a boy, the next moment a man. So our perfection in Christ will be a type of spiritual bar mitzvah, the coming into an immediate, complete, and spiritual adulthood and maturity. At one moment not mature, at the next moment you are mature. At one moment a child, but at the next moment an adult. At that moment, everything childish will be done away with. Stop and think about that. 
all in maturity, all in perfection, all the limitations of our knowledge, all of our, the limitations of our understanding will all be forever gone. And that's going to happen when we see Jesus face to face. Once we see Jesus face to face and we have been transformed, we're no longer children. We are now full-grown adults before Christ. And what we now know in part, we will know fully how it says here, even as we're known by God. How well are you known by God? You're known completely by God. You're known fully by God. So Paul concludes by reminding us of three things that abide. He says, faith, hope, and love. Look at verse 13. Now abides faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of them all is love. Why does he say that? See, in this life, he says, there are three great spiritual virtues. We're to have faith. It says, without faith, it's impossible to believe God and to be able to please God. And then there's hope. But the greatest of these is love. Remember what Paul says about love in verse 7 here? He says, love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. In other words, faith and hope are encompassed by love. Without love, there is no faith because there's no object of faith. Without love, there is no hope for there's no object of hope. Our faith and our hope is in love, which is God who is love. So f- stop and think about this. Faith and hope will have no purpose in heaven. We'll have no need for faith in heaven. We'll have no need of hope in heaven. The only thing that we need is now in this life is faith, hope, and love, but we won't need it in eternity. You see, everything that we need to know will be known. And everything good will be possessed. So many times in this life, we don't possess all the good things. So many evil things and bad things come upon us. But here, the day is coming when we will know perfectly. Wouldn't you love to have that now? But one day we will have it. And we will also have all things good possessed. See, faith and hope isn't equal to love. Why? Because God is love. It doesn't say God's faith. It doesn't say God is hope. It says God is love, and that is what is eternal. One day the gifts are going to cease to exist because they will cease to have any purpose, any meaning. And we put so much emphasis on knowing gifts. Let me tell you where Jesus put the emphasis, love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. Because you see, in that perfect day, when we see our Lord face to face, Love is still going to be there. We're going to be staring into the very person of love. He'll be standing right in front of us. And we'll see love perfectly and complete. And we too will then come into a perfect love and complete love. See, love in our present, in this life, is the link that we have to our eternal God. So if if I had a a chain tied to my wrist and there's a chain tied to the wrist of God, there's one link in that chain that's critical. And that link is love. Love is the link. It is the link 
to God that we will know for eternity, where we will then be known as we are known. Let's bow together. Father, we need love. We need you because you are love. And you are that link through your son, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life and the love that links us to our eternal God. And Father, all of these speaking gifts will be important, and they're important in this life to communicate your word, but one day we will stand in the very presence of the living word, and he will speak, and we'll fall at his feet, and we'll be forever transformed and changed. So, Lord, I pray for those that are listening to the message today that they might begin to realize that even if they're abandoned, even if they're divorced, even if they're ignored, that, God, you will never abandon them. You will never leave them. You will never ignore them. For one day, if they come to faith in in you, They come in hope in you. There's going to be something greater that endures than faith and hope. And that is that God so loved the world that he gave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.